Coming up, this home haunt made it onto Good Morning America and even the newest book from Ripley's Believe It or Not. We'll hear about what they have planned for this season. From the Haunted Attraction Network, I'm Philip, and this is day 35 of our 61-day Hauntathon, where we're counting down to Halloween by visiting a different haunt every day here on the show. Today is Wednesday, October 5th, and there are 26 days into Halloween. In this year's Hauntathon, we also have daily videos and even exclusive fan events. Links to everything are in the show notes. Okay, as I already mentioned, Halloween on Ambush made it onto Good Morning America and even the newest book from Ripley's Believe It or Not last year. The home haunt last year featured two full-size pirate ships complete with show effects. Today, we'll chat with creator Tony about this year's plans and also some of the challenges he faces. Here's Tony. My name is Tony DiMatteo, based out of Chile, New York, which is west of Rochester. Mm-hmm. And we do a pretty massive Halloween display that we've been doing for the past, I want to say, five or six years. The past four years have been Pirates of the Caribbean. We became at least locally famous when we made some really big pirate ships in the front yard. And that's what people are drawn to. Can you give us a sense of the scale? These are full ships. They're about 15 feet wide. They're up to 50 feet long. The main masts are made out of 8-inch PVC, and they're 25 feet in the air. They're supported by 12-foot 4x4s, which are sunk 36 inches into the ground. And they have cannons, and they have fire blasters, and they have three main masts, and there's a section inside where you can actually walk in there and come up to the second level. We don't allow our guests to go in. Mm -hmm. It's more of a stand-and-watch type display just because... There's a lot that gets into that, and it has to be built a different way to have people walk through it. So this is more built like a set, but they are full scale as far as I can, much as I can fit in my yard anyways, right? It's made out of old barn wood, which is what really gives them a look of authenticity. Can you tell us a little bit about the progression over the years? Because I know you didn't start with two <laughs> giant ships. Yeah, I always wanted to try to top myself or at least change themes we haven't had such luck changing themes lately because of the popularity of the pirates but we started with one ship it was kind of like a half of a ship coming out of out of my house one mast and people were really receptive of that they loved it i don't think a lot of people had seen something of that scale so the next year we did a 65 foot ship across the entire front yard and three masts and it was just absolutely massive and then last year we did two because what do you do when you can't do just one ship anymore you do two ships that actually gained quite a bit of attention worldwide because nobody's does has done that apparently but broke my back probably took years off my life and now i'm itching to change themes a little bit but uh, there's a lot of push to just continue doing it plus it's cheaper to continue it because I have yeah. all the props. I know how to do it. I save all the wood. Things are pre-made from the previous year, even though most of it comes apart. So we thought, what could we possibly do to keep this entertaining and still do a Pirates of the Caribbean theme, but also have it fun? So this year's theme is Port Royal. And there's a history behind Port Royal. It's a pirate trading town. So we have a ship docked at Port Royal. There's a big shrine of gold and and gems and where all the valuables are stored. And then we have a fort, which is kind of like a castle protecting Port Royal. Mm -hmm. And there's going to be some cannons firing out of there and some cannons firing out of the ship. And there's going to be quite a battle scene happening. So it'll be fun. You mentioned at the beginning that this isn't 
a display that people walk on, but it's a show. So there are show elements happening. Do you have any more of a narrative this year with the port going on? A little bit. So you're right. Everything I've built so far has just, it's not like a haunted house. People stay at the edge of the yard and then the road and we block off part of the street. And that's where you stand and you watch it. And most of that is because of safety. Um, so these ships are big and everything, but it tied all into them is just thousands and thousands of feet of electrical extension cords and everything because there's lights everywhere. There's fire blasters shooting out fire. There's fog machines shooting out fog. There's CO2 blasters in there. So there's a lot going on. And all of that is synced to a soundtrack that I put together. So I use Lightorama to control everything. And the soundtrack is actually something I make myself. I've come up with it by just pulling audio and sound effects and music from all the parts of the Caribbean movies. I use GarageBand. I put everything together, chop it up, make like a storyline, add up, add extra sound effects, bring that into Lightorama, program everything the way I want it, and then hopefully make the dream come true when I start to actually build this. So my display is killing me because not only do we have to build this massive thing, there's six to eight months of behind the scenes stuff that has to happen beforehand. And then once it's built, I have to get it all out there and make it look good. So there's a lot to it. There's a lot of things you're doing that are just really taking it to the next level here. But why do you mm -hmm. think that's important? And what are you hoping the guests will experience? To be completely honest, I'm not sure if it's important or not. It's more my imagination and me just having fun out here, right? That's what mm -hmm. it really comes down to. But at the same time, I get a lot of feedback from people that say this is like Disney level quality. This is like something you might see at Universal Studios. I love comments like that, right? Mm -hmm. So it's that drives me to do even more, okay? Because there are people that stand out there, they follow the story along and they understand that like things are programmed to happen at certain times and you know, so I get a lot of feedback from people and that's really what drives me to continue it. And it really, but it comes down to, it's just my imagination. Just, mm. I just want to do something different. I want to keep, I want to keep myself entertained really is what it comes down to. Are you getting community support to help with the expenses or really it's support in other ways or? There's lots of community support at the most basic level. It's support from my own neighborhood because <laughs> I do have an HOA. Yes. I've never had a problem with it. I think my neighbors are hundred percent on board. The fact that we're, we do this year after year to raise money for a good cause. I don't make any money in this. We ask for yeah. donations, but they don't go to me. So there's that level of it. And then the next level of support is what I get from my town because the, the highway department helps me out with traffic control. The sheriff's department is there. They have sheriffs scheduled the nights that where I'm going to be busiest. The town of my actual town supervisors on board. So there's that. And then the next level of support comes from the sponsors that we get. Now, this is the first year that we've done sponsors, but every year we have something we're raising money for, right? Last year it was mm -hmm. a children's hospital locally. We raised $6,000. That was great. That was amazing. And we donated up to 3,000 pounds of food to our local food pantry. But this year we partnered with the Dream Factory and they help critically and chronically ill children do the things that they might not be able to do because of their illness. So through them, we were able to get 32 local business sponsors now wow. who have donated money to Dream Factory directly. Doesn't go to me, but they do it in support of what we're doing over here. Um, and the Dream Factory in turn was able to help me pay for some of the expenses because up until this year, 
I'm basically going broke every year. Mm -hmm. This is something I'm doing for fun that's gotten out of control, but the Dream Factory helped pay for some of the really important expenses this year. And then everything I'm raising through my website goes directly to them. So they're making out in the deal. And that's a great thing for them because they're 100% volunteer based. And when are you in operation this year? We're not going to be inviting people down here to see like the full light special effect music show until the 20th of October. We narrowed it down a little bit to just the two last weekends of October. I have a last question for you. I want to see if you can project in the future three years. Tell me what would make you satisfied three years from now. It's a little hard to say. We almost didn't do anything this year because of money, but we were luckily... Dream Factory helped us out with that. So we pushed forward and we have a display that's even bigger than last year somehow. Personally, I feel like we should slow down a little bit. How much bigger can I really go? Let me put it this way. I was featured in that Ripley's Believe It or Not book, the new one that just Mm -hmm. came out. Mm -hmm. And that was an incredible honor. Mm -hmm. And I feel, okay, what else could I really accomplish? We've done a lot for a lot of people and I've shown what I can do and people enjoy it. What's next? If I could get, say, Johnny Depp to come out Okay, then I can retire. Maybe that's it. I don't know. (laughs) What about the possibility of moving it somewhere else into a different location? I've thought about that because you know what? Mm -hmm. It would be amazing if I could put this up somewhere and leave it up. Wouldn't that be amazing? I think about that a lot. I'm 100% with you and I'm going to change my answer a little bit because I talked about the Johnny Depp and that's a joke to me, but maybe. But in the future, if I could put this display up somewhere, Maybe even indoors, because that would be outstanding. But somewhere where it doesn't have to be taken down. For the sanity of my neighbors, yes, I take it down like a week after Halloween. It all comes up. If I could put it somewhere where it could stay up and every year it could just get better and better. And then we could get, we'd have no problems with parking maybe. And maybe we could have more food vendors coming. And then all of a sudden it's like this massive thing. And I just keep making it better and better every year because it stays up. That would be three years from now, if I could do that, that's my goal. Today's episode was produced and edited by me, Philip Hernandez, with post-production by David Swope and original music composed by Chris Thomas. We're counting down to Halloween with daily podcasts, videos, and events in our 61-day Hauntathon. Follow along at the link in our show notes. Our Hauntathon is made possible through generous support from Gantam Lighting and Controls. Gantam illuminates attractions worldwide with the world's smallest intelligent spotlights. See what you're missing with a free demo Sign up at gantum.com slash demo. That's gantum.com slash demo. Our Hauntathon team includes Daryl Plunkey, Emily Louise Rua, Megan Spells, Gavin Burns, and Omni Adventures. Our partners for this year's Hauntathon include Sharp Productions, HorrorBuzz.com, ScareTrack, TheScareFactor.com, and Hauntopic Radio. The best way you can support us this Halloween season is by sharing our Hauntathon with someone you think will enjoy it. And to follow along to our Hauntathon, sign up for our weekly newsletter at hauntedattractionnetwork.com. We'll catch you back here tomorrow and every day until Halloween. This is a Haunted Attraction Network production.